Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to a message from New King Church. We're a church located in South Burlington, Vermont, and our prayer is that this resource would help you find and follow Jesus. If you want to know more about our church and the ministries we have, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Well, what is, what's up, everybody? I hope you guys are doing well. Give me a minute to get myself in gear here. I uh, hope that you are ready for the Word. I always tell our church we need to get in the Word until the Word gets into us. And um, I hope that you're ready for the Word. I hope you brought your Bible. If you didn't, you should have. Uh, and uh, if you don't have one, I know Ben, I will tell you right now, Ben will buy you one personally. So just, he's not here, but he told me. I know he told me he'd buy you one nice one, a leather nice Bible personally. So you take him up on that if you don't have a copy of God's Word. If you have a paper, I think it's important to write some notes down today. Let me tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I have been in ministry this year, 32 years. I started when I was 17 years old. I, got, I came to Christ when I was 17 and got called into ministry right not long after that. Three months after I became a Christian, God had called me, led me into what I uh, call uh, a ministry calling. And uh, that's all I've ever done since I was 17 years old. Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that along the way to, to make ends meet, build some tents. But for the most part, um, that's what I've been doing is ministry. Most of my ministry was with students. Um, thank the Lord he delivered me from that. Um, I did that for 21 years. And I led worship uh, also right before I actually came to plant the church. I was a worship leader, creative arts um, uh background in music and now the lord has given me just beautiful grace just to be a part of leading his body and church in rutland vermont and bennington we have two campuses uh we're fixing to launch our third next year um we got a lot going on and i'm excited i, I don't know about you but i always want to stay in the place where i'm always over my head like a lot of people want to try to get their feet to a place where they're where they can breathe a little bit. I want to get in a place where I'm over my head. I had one of my overseers, elders in our church, came to me one time and he said, "Tim, a long time ago, he he'd been in ministry forty something years, just retired out of ministry." He said, "A long time ago, the Lord was speaking to me one day in my quiet time, and he said to me, Jonathan, I'm going to put you in a place for the rest of your ministry where you'll always be over your head, but I'm going to make you enjoy it and like it." And I pray that that's what the Lord does for me. He keeps me over my head. I want you to understand something. If what God is, or what you think God is calling you to do, you can accomplish it on your own, I'm not sure it's God. Because I think the Lord puts us into places where we can't accomplish it without Him. I think the most important place the Lord wants to lead us to is total dependency on Him and not on ourselves. You and I, in our own, I love this statement a lot of believers will say sometimes, but the Lord give me common sense. And I just told somebody the other day when they told me that, that's a lie, I ain't got no sense. How many of you agree? If you leave me alone long enough, I'm going to go into a ditch on my own. Come on, somebody, right? I, I, listen, I ain't got no common sense. I, I've not made one really good decision without the Lord. I need Him. And uh, I think the moment I think that I need to work in my common sense, I've probably stepped into a very scary spot because my common sense is going to get me into a mess. 
and um, I just want to tell you that. I've got a beautiful wife. Uh, uh, we've been together 30 years, been together, married 28 years, and I've got to be honest with you this morning. She is resting in the hotel room. She works full-time at the church. We don't get very many weekends off, and I told her, watch online today and rest, and so she's resting this morning, and I have... Um, uh, two amazing boys one who is in full-time ministry he is our full-time creative arts uh, worship he does just what lucia do, did here and and also does all of our video all of our uh, graphics and then my youngest son garrett 16 so my oldest son's 19 my youngest son garrett is uh just that kid yeah maybe got a child or have a teenager or you had a child that just wants to hit things sports he just likes to hit things he just wants to play baseball football basketball anything with a ball uh and he just wants to play sports all the time matter of fact he just finished basketball last week and i mean literally the day before they finished basketball he's already starting baseball we're like son can you give us a break and if you've ever watched high school baseball that is the worst thing in the world it's the longest thing in the world uh, my wife and I, we actually try to act like good parents, but we really do find things to do while the baseball game is going on. We bring our chairs, a couch, a hammock, whatever we can do so we can lay down and sleep because it's the longest thing in the world. And my son goes to a school where they're not really good at any of their sports, and so that makes it even greater. But we support. I have this thing. I told my wife, just tie a rope to my arm, and every once in a while I just pull it, and I'll just go like this, like I'm cheering them on. So... I'm excited. I, I, I get the great privilege. We started our church seven years ago, and by God's grace, we've seen amazing things. Last year, we saw over 100 salvations, and many of those, many of those, over way over half of those have taken now next steps into baptism and discipleship, and just unbelievable what the Lord's doing there in, in Rutland and, and, and in Bennington, and now one day in the next year, uh, Middlebury. We're going to be in Middlebury. Um, and so anyhow, a lot of, lot of exciting things. I want to share a message with you this morning um, that's really important to my heart, and um, I hope it will inspire you to get out of your comfort zone and do something uh, that the Lord has been maybe saying. You know, it's funny is there's a lot of people, if they'll be really honest with you, that God has been saying certain things to them for many years, but they've just not been obedient to do them. And the fact of the matter is, I think one of the most largest groups of disobedient people in the world are the, in the church. Uh, because we're not doing uh, here's a good example when we don't go share our faith daily that is disobedience because the bible says that we are not just a new creation we love that passage i'm a new creation in christ old things are gone new things have come praise the lord thank you jesus but we don't read the rest of that passage it says we're ambassadors for christ and we've been put on this earth on behalf of a king to a people to declare come to jesus we forget that piece we like we like to omit that piece and uh, the fact of the matter is the bible says those who know what to do and don't do it this is sin and I don't know why we don't have this idea of when my neighbor next to me or my coworker around me doesn't hear the gospel, it's, it's my fault because I have the truth in me. And, um, and so anyhow, I just, uh, that's not even my message today. But um, you guys will learn. I like, to, like, I like some talking back to us, okay? You don't have to be quiet in here. You can talk to me. You can come back to me. I did student ministry for 20 years. You can throw things at me. You can decide you want to, you know, talk to your friend next to you. You ain't going to bother me. Uh, and so anyhow, I'm excited. Um, we started this year six months before we started this year, and then I want to jump in the text. Six months before we started this year, we theme our year every year. This year's theme, we give these little cool bracelets out. It's everywhere in our church space. It's called this year's Big Faith. 
big faith and this year's theme uh, is big faith and in six months before the year even started the Lord began to download some things to me in time with him uh, one of the things the Lord did to start this journey for me this year I don't know if you've ever had this the Lord took away my quiet time and he taught me two things in my in my quiet time he said uh, I'm going to take your quiet time away because you've been doing this out of duty not out of intimacy and the Lord took it away from me. And literally, I lost my desire to, to have a quiet time, but not my desire to be with Jesus. So that makes sense. Probably doesn't. That's okay. That won't be the only thing that doesn't make sense that I probably say today. Um, but as the Lord began to just teach me intimacy with Him, I had never in my life uh, began to hear the Lord download to me things that He wanted us to be a part of. And now I get the opportunity to spend time with him every morning, writing down prayers, uh, listening as the Holy Spirit leads me into all truth. Um, I write two statements down on my journal every day. Lord, what do you want to talk about? And Holy Spirit, lead me into all truth. I don't know why we don't pray that. Listen, the fact of the matter is it's a conversation that we should let God lead off in. And so he began to talk to me and download to me a lot of things. Uh, one of the things the Lord downloaded me is that you're going to need more people for where you're going to go. And so we had to strengthen our staff this year because I am about to step out of the, the I'm not going to step out of the lead pastor role, but I'm going to step out of the, like, like a, a lot of the responsibility because I can't do both. I'm, uh, if you've ever heard of the SEND network of the, of the North American Mission Board, I'll, I will start uh, in next week with them full-time as the full-time pastor of Mission City Church as well. And so the Lord began to do that and, and began to lay people on my heart. And every person that I talked to that he laid on my heart agreed and is, is moving to, uh, we've got six families moving to Rutland this year. Uh, and uh, people that I knew God asked me to, to ask to be a part of our team, I would go ask and they would say yes. And, and just seeing that. And the next thing the Lord said is, I want you to start the business in Middlebury. We have a business for mission model, and we do child care centers. Uh, last year, our child care center in the first year saw nine salvations just in our child care center. Moms and dads bringing their kids who don't know the Lord. And as they brought their kids to a place that they didn't understand fully that the Lord was going to be proclaimed, they began to give Christ their life as well. And so just a lot of stuff. And then, and then, and then, and then just a few months ago, uh, an organization reached out to me and says, we want to give you 15 acres and a 12 thousand or 15,000 square foot property that needs about $500,000 worth of remodel I took the property for free I didn't have the money to remodel it not a bit and uh, this year our church we take up a Christmas offering took up way over uh, the amount we had intended to take up God was good but 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 just a few weeks into owning this I was telling these guys earlier uh, when the Lord tells you to do something before you have something you ought to do it I remember the first day we didn't even own it yet like we had not even owned it we're just in lawyers hands the Lord says call the carpenter tell him to start working Monday even though you don't have the money to pay him and so I call this guy up that goes to our church and I said listen I need you to come start some work this week I want you to, to help us get these offices ready in this space but I don't have the money to pay is that good and he agreed and uh, I began to sweat a little bit. Have you ever been put in a place when the Lord puts you in a place where you sweat just a little bit and you're trying to figure out, okay, now I'm getting down to this thing. I'm going to look like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Fool if I don't get this. And I remember waking up at a retreat one day and the Lord gave me a phone call from another guy and it was a $300,000 phone call. And they gave us $300,000 to remodel this space. And I just say that to say, when the Lord calls you into a season of big faith, don't reject it, run into it, even if it scares you. And by the way, if the Lord's in it, it probably should scare you. Just getting you ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the word? All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. So, so get your Bible out. If you don't have one, you should. If you don't, we got you right here. 
Hebrews chapter 11 is probably one of my favorite passages of Scripture. There are two uh, sections of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 that talk about the same man. It's the only two in this section of Scripture that talks about the same man because this man, probably if we were to really highlight the MVP of the Hall of Fame faith, it's probably this dude, right? Come on, Abraham. How many of you agree? This is just what we're reading about right now. We're not even clearly clearly uh, even even written down all that God had probably called Abraham to be a part of but we know Abraham uh, had many sons and many sons had five so anyhow so Abraham and uh, and, and I love this and, I, and you'll learn this about me I love teaching the Bible so I'll spend more time here than I will on some little points that you can get because I think there's a lot in here so what I want to do because God's word's really a big deal uh, how many of you agree with that say amen let's stand in honor of God's word and let's dig in I don't want to make you stand a long time do i need to stay in a certain spot is this being videoed can i move i can move good okay uh can i can i go back over no i'm joking uh uh so let's start together and listen i want you to respond back to me like i love to, to i don't i think that we're the only people that think church should be quiet uh, heaven's going to be really loud um and uh and, and it says this and i love this and, and i want you to there's 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 definitely uh, contrasting uh, scenarios here in these two sections of scripture and if you don't miss if you don't watch it you will miss it verses 8 through 10 is starkly different than verses uh, 17 through 19 and I want you to understand some God will have you uh, uh, walk into the to the pool of faith in the in the shallow end but it won't be long he'll call you into the deep end I was with a leader the other day, and he was afraid to tell me that it's going to take $50,000. I mean, he was so nervous, you thought he was about to propose to his wife again. I mean, it was that nerve-wracking. He goes, Pastor, um, um, uh, and, and I feel like, Jake, what's wrong with you? He says, man, uh, we're going to take $50,000. And I just looked at him, and I said, Jake, I want you to understand, that doesn't freak me out, because what, what freaks you out now, will, will this, this level of faith, God will put you in a place that will be three times that much, $50,000 now, $500,000 later, and he's going to put you in a place where it's going to be never a moment where it's not going to be comfortable because comfortability is not a spiritual gift and so when you see this it says this by yeah there we go by abraham let's need to remember this by faith abraham by faith i hope to god that somewhere along the way someone writes something down about me and they say by faith tim i could preach right there come on by faith Abraham when he was write this down or circle this when he was when he was called when God spoke to him now this signifies a couple of things first of all God was speaking to Abraham how many of you agree with that say amen right the second thing is Abraham was listening to yeah yeah I mean Abraham was called yeah that means God was speaking to him and Abraham oh Bates, that means that Abraham was listening to God. The fact of the matter is every faith journey starts with God saying something to you and you listening to what he says. The fact of the matter is if you're not positioning yourself every stinking week to be before the, every day before the Lord, not out of duty so you can check a box off, but out of intimacy because you desperately need his voice more than he needs yours. God doesn't need to listen to you. You need to listen to him. Abraham by faith when he was called obeyed and set out for a place that's all we know at this moment about where he's going a place now some of us would have checked out there because we're super control freaks 
And if you don't think you're a control freak, let me get in the car with you and ride down this busy road right here. And when old girl in front of you doesn't do what you want her to do, you speak to her in not-so-good Christian language. You'll just, get out of the way, whatever we do, because we're control freaks. And we want to know everything before we go everywhere. But God sometimes wants us to go before we know because it, re- it, it puts us in dependency. So he set out for a place that, was going to, that he was going to receive an inheritance. Did he receive the inheritance yet? No. he was going to receive the inheritance there was a promise of an inheritance there was a there was a declaration a a proclamation for an inheritance but at this time he was still empty-handed and not had received anything and the fact of the matter is isn't it scary to go when we don't got it i don't know if y'all read the bible this way this is the way i read it the place that he was going out to receive an inheritance he wasn't receiving he was going to receive and he wasn't even guaranteed all he knew is God is faithful come on right he's faithful and he went out even though he did not know where he was going scripture says this don't forget this that we are to walk by not by the, the real picture is you are walking in real obedience to God when your eyes are closed and you're doing this and you're hearing that little 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 hymn in your heart wherever he leads i'll go wherever he leads i'll go i'll follow my christ who loves me so wherever he leads i'll go and you're not worried that you might bump into something because you understand if you do bump into something it's because he wanted you to he went out even though he did not know where he was going by faith second time stayed boy don't miss this if you miss this you are asleep today and if you're asleep today i'm going to tell you to wake up because this is so good the fact of the matter is we all get so comfortable in this stinking world that is not our home don't drive your tent stakes too deep the house you live in is a gift in the temporary but the kingdom that's being that's being built is your home right One day we're going to be where he is as he is glorification. And if we get too earthly minded, we're no heavenly good, right? By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise. In this beautiful, amazing gift that God had given him, he, even though it was a beautiful thing, said, I'm not going to drive my tent stakes too deep here because this is not my home, because God's presence is here. But one day I'm going to be in the very presence of God there. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, as did, this is so important, we miss this in Scripture, as did, come on somebody, as did who isaac and jacob who were what of the same promise right we missed this we missed this let me tell you why we missed this now go to verse 17 now remember the first one oh for, for sorry for he was looking forward to a city that was found that's foundations whose architect and builder is god i don't care how good of a builder it is in this world ain't nobody as good as this architect and builder how many of you agree it's going to have the right room, the right size? The heat pump is going to put out the right amount of air conditioning. Come on, somebody. It's going to be a perfect place in that moment, not because of the building, but because of God. Now look at verse 17. Look how it changes. The story changes. The faith changes. Now, by faith, Abraham, the first time he was called, but now this time's a little different, when he was 
Woo! Nobody likes the test. How many of you remember you walk into a classroom, your teacher says, hey, take out your note piece of notebook paper. We're going to have a pop test, a pop quiz. And every one of us in here, when she or he did that, we thought, how can I take them out with this pencil right now and they not live anymore? No one likes a test. I had to take a, I, I drive motorcycles. I've got a bit of an addiction. Well, okay, I've got an addiction to motorcycles. I bought five last summer. But not as bad as my best friend. He bought 12. Um, and um, I remember we went to this motorcycle school, and at the end of it, we had to take a test. It was all fun and games until we had to be tested on what we know. I don't like the test. But by faith, when he was tested, offered up. Now, who, what did, who did he offer up? This co-heir, man, same promise, Isaac. Matter of fact, it was, was, was it his seventh son? No, no, it was his yeah his one and only son he received this the promise and yet he was offering his one and only son sound familiar to you the, the first season was go this season was let go right the first season was surrender the second season was sacrifice the first season was leave the second season was kill there are some things in your life that God's saying, I want you to sacrifice for me. And the fact of the matter is, are you bold and are you obedient enough to put it on the altar and kill it for him if that's what he wants? Isn't that good? I mean, just stew in that for a minute. Just think on that for a minute. I know you're like, can we please sit down? Uh, <laughs> you're welcome to Mission City Church. The one to, I feel like if I'm standing for 50 minutes, y'all going to stand for 15 <laughs> verse 18 the one to whom it had been said now you might have just missed that but i want you to to say i want you to be reminded i want you to understand this morning if you're new here if you're new to this thing called faith if you've never really followed jesus let me just be the one to tell you today after walking with him for over 30 years that what he tells you he will do he will do you can trust him you can believe in him you can rely on him can somebody wake up and say amen this morning he, he is faithful and he is always 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 reliable and he may not always come in, in uh, on time but he he will come in the nick of time he might lead you up to the edge of the cliff right before you jump off and he say hop stop come on sometimes he wants to see if you're willing not that you have to then verse 19 he says he considered god to be able man i tell you if you want to if you want to you want to write something down you ought to always be reminded that god is able even to raise someone from the dead so abraham in this statement was willing to kill his son believing that god would raise him from the dead if that's what he needed to do because he was hanging on a promise so he had the knife ready to kill isaac sacrifice isaac for the lord and he would just begin to believe that if i kill him i will then be another person that history will be reminded of that i got to see somebody raised from the dead he considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking. What does that mean? It means that he believed God could raise somebody from the dead even if he didn't have to. You can be seated. You can be seated. May the Lord bless his word. I want to just give you a couple things. So this bracelet, I was in the time with the Lord, and we just got these bracelets. My family and I, uh, now about two months ago got covid the entire crew of us one week all of us we just we're we're like that we like why don't we just get it together we'll all get it together 
and be done with it. We survived. And uh, I, listen, God is so faithful. The week that I needed to get COVID is the week that I got it because I was leaving for Dominican the next week. And then I was going on three other trips after that. And so I just thought, Lord, if I'm going to get it, can I get it this week and be done with it? And then I can go on and do my mission for you. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, this package came during this, uh, during this week in our house and it had these bracelets in it. And my wife uh, was trying to calmly tell me not to open the package because my son is our creative director and I try really careful not to get into all those guys business but I wanted this bracelet so bad because every year it's like putting on a new shirt that I just got for Christmas and I got this bracelet out and so when I did I went like this and I put it on and it got about that far and it wouldn't go any farther and I thought we have screwed up my son has now ordered the little kids version of these bracelets and now here comes vision sunday and we don't have these bracelets to give out and i got this wild idea because i just bought this really cool yeti bottle that i promised has just got water in it and um and and i said i'll just stretch this around this bottle right that's what we do so i stretched it well i realized when i did that i stretched this band to its maximum capacity because when I put it around this bottle, it went from being really even, see how even that is, to really being wonky. You know the word wonky? Maybe not. Well, you do now. The word wonky, it looked wonky. No matter what I could do, it didn't look even. So now I'm believing that I've not only got the wrong band, but now I've screwed the one up that I just took out of the bag, right? I'm wasting resources, and I don't, I'm not afraid of him because he's my son, and I'm just not afraid of him and uh, but uh, 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 so I so I began to think well I'll just leave it for a while and then I will come back later and if it's messed up well then I'll take another one because I'm the boss and uh, no I'm joking that's not and so I, I left it for about an hour went and did my thing came back took it off and then when I took it off I was wanting it looking for it to be like this but when I took it off it still looked like this and so I want you to understand something at that moment it looked the same way that it did when it started and then the Lord spoke to me and I put it on and when I put the band on I realized it fit differently than it did the first time and then the Lord said to me he said you think I'm going to give you a season of big faith without first stretching you I've got to stretch you before you can you can walk into this season that I'm getting ready to walk you into you see I had started the church seven years ago with a, a seven families I mean I mean seven people in my living room and we had seen miraculous things and that took amazing unbelievable faith to do that we all sold our house quit our jobs raised support came here and started the church but now the faith that I had in that season wasn't wasn't big enough and wasn't was it wasn't going to be strong enough for the faith I was going to need in this new season because because the fact of the matter is the faith we need in one season isn't the same faith we got to exercise in the next season but in order for us to get from here to there, God has to stretch us. Not for us to stretch, but for Him to stretch us. And there's only one way for Him to stretch us, and that's pressure. And that's for Him to lay on us the pressure and the, and the little bit of that healthy worry and, 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 and un, uh, insecurity and un, 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 unrest and, and just a little bit of, I can't sleep tonight because God is speaking and, and talking to me and he begins to stretch us and so the Lord began to stretch me and he put us in the last six months of the last year into so many scenarios that it felt like I was being stretched to my max capacity but what I didn't understand at that moment is I wasn't being stretched to max capacity I was being prepared for a new season 
God was preparing me to lead differently, to look differently, to fit differently, to, to, to serve differently, to do different. You see, the first season he had called us to was a season of go, and he stretched us in that season, and we went. But now he was calling us to a season of sacrifice, and he was showing us that and showing me specifically that I have called you to be the lead pastor of this church and this movement here in Rutland, but I want you to understand I'm not always going to want you to be in that season. I've got other things I want you to do and so I want to know would you be willing to sacrifice this baby your church plant up for me and and still do something different I was sitting in my quiet time with the Lord one day and one day he said to me uh, would you still put your yes on the table if I ask you to so I don't know what your walk with the Lord looks like but it looks like that to me he's talking to me and I'm going oh shoot I didn't realize I put my yes on the table for a while and I was okay with that but then as time got on I thought well this is what I'm doing so I put my yes back in my pocket and I'm just going to stay here and it's that whole time where we get to this place you've been here before I'm going to stay here forever I'm going to be right here forever I got it figured out we're going to retire here and the Lord says hold on you don't belong to yourself you belong to me remember I bought you with a price now you belong to me and I may let you stay there but I may also call you there what I want to know will you always keep your yes on the table and for some of you in this room right now, I'm telling you right now, I guarantee you, you're checking out and you're thinking, that's not for me. I don't know. Listen, fact of the matter is, every one of you, if you know the king, you have a yes. And if you think it belongs to you, you have missed it. It belongs to him. And you should slide it across the table and sing, wherever you lead, I'll go. And if you don't, then you better be scared because you're going to stop before you ever get to see all that he has created you to be. You have purpose. You have, man, man, so much that God has prepared you for. And so the fact of the matter is, I had to put the bracelet on. It looked the same, but it fit different. You see, there are two big stretches of faith that I want you to see this morning in just the last little bit of our time, really quick. Two big stretches of faith, or I would like to say, write this down, two big ways God stretches our, our faith. Number one is this, the stretch that God says go. Write that down. God says go. You want to write that down. The stretch that God says go. It's that moment where by faith you're walking. We know this. Before Abraham ever heard God say, go, we know Abraham was walking by faith. He had faith in God. He had faith to follow God. He woke up by faith, living for God. He spent time hearing from God, faithful. He, he was a man of faith. And because of his faith, when God said, go, Abraham went. Now, we don't know what all took place in between the time that God spoke to Abraham and Abraham actually went, because we don't have all that there. But what we do know is there were two forces playing at this moment in this first section of Scripture. God says, go, leave everything you know as comfortable and, 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 and take your wife and your kids and a few others and leave that behind. Your neighbors live down the street. Your mom-in-law lived down the street, right? You, you, you shopped in that neighborhood. It was your favorite delicatessen that you had, your favorite favorite coffee shop there come on somebody right and Abraham and God said to Abraham you need to go but Lord they've got the best lattes I don't care go but Lord you don't understand I, can you can, would you mind talking to Sarah for me Lord would you how many of you men like to go tell your wife that you're going to sell your house quit your job and leave where are we going not sure my wife would look at me and go what Come on, right? We don't think about Abraham that way. We think he's sort of like Jesus, and he just, oh, man, he just got, no, no, he was a real dude just like me and you who struggled with sin, who struggled with difficulty. He wasn't, like, he struggled just like anybody else would. 
Can you imagine the conversation that he had that day? He walked into Sarah, and there she's washing the dishes, and he is standing there, and he's doing this. And what are you doing, Abraham? Oh, nothing, making a sandwich. Right? Is this a real life? This is what it would look like in your house? <coughs> Sarah, um, 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 Sarah um, I've got something I need to talk to you about. Uh, um, uh, um, well, never mind. We'll, we'll talk later. We'll talk later because that's what us husbands do. No, no, my. What do you mean? Well, I don't like it when you do that. My wife, I don't like it when you do that. See, there's this pressure that Abraham had to feel this go calling and he had this first this pressure was this pressure to discern the call of God what is he saying to me how many of you ever had God say something to you and now you've got to figure out is God really saying something to me is he really speaking to me some of us are even going man God I didn't know if you wanted to speak to me but you're speaking to me and discerning that and you write it down and you think about it you go away you think it's okay and you can't let go here's what i've learned and i want to just give this to you as a gift if god really is speaking to me i know it's him speaking to me because it does not go away the voice of god to me sounds repetitive here's what it sounds like you ever watch the, the movie jumanji the old one not the not the new one with the old and robin williams jumanji come on somebody and you've ever watched it that game by boom 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 Boom, 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 boom. You know, get the game out. Boom, boom. That's what it feels like to me. The Lord never lets away. He keeps speaking about the same thing. And as I'm trying to discern, is this the Lord? Uh, man, immediately I have to get to the place to go. And here's the fact of the matter. You know how I know it's the Lord? Because I've spent time with the Lord. If the only time you're hearing His voice is for the first time Tuesday, and you've been walking with Him for 30 years, something ain't right. The fact of the matter is the reason we live most of our lives disobedient because we're not used to listening to his voice. And if we were used to listening to his voice, he would have taken us on a totally different journey than we had been on. Discerning the will of God. Then, then we see this, this delivering the call of God. He had to now communicate this to Sarah. Here's what God is saying. Sarah, I'm going to tell you this. I was in time with the Lord today, and he spoke to me, and here's what he said. We needed to go to a place that he would show us. It's the place that he promised where he was going to provide for us this amazing promise, and, and now it's time to go, and we need to leave, and we can only take a few things and a few people, and we're to leave everybody else here, and, and I just wanted to give you that, and I'm confident I spent time that this is what the Lord wants. Let's go. And for a moment, I'm sure she went, but what about my daddy? You know, whatever it might be. And you see this discerning moment to decide, is this the Lord? And then this delivering the call, I know it's the Lord, and I need you to hear me say what the Lord, hear me say to you what the Lord said to me us to do. And then this last piece, don't miss this, this pressure is now it's time to do and obey the call that God has given me. We got to do what he said to do. You know, the fact that matters, if you go to that story with Jesus walking on water and the other disciples in the boat, has it ever shocked you that only one disciple got out of the boat? Like, why didn't the rest of the cats get out of the boat? But Peter, Peter, remember Peter? Peter's that guy, ah! He's, as it spoke first, loud, acted first, cut the ear off. He, 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 Peter didn't care. He was A-type. If you were Enneagram back then, Peter would have been an Enneagram 8. He would have been that active controller that, 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 that would have walked in the room and you'd known Peter was there. It's like, who's that? That's Peter. How do you know? Because he's loud. That's Peter. And he's not afraid. He's got a little bit of a risk factor going on in his deal. Even to the point of saying, I won't fail you, Jesus. But then he did three times. You know what I'm saying? I won't deny you. 
But now you've got this scenario. They just saw a miracle on the mountain. Jesus says, go away, get in the boat, go to the other side of the ocean or the lake. They get in the boat about midnight. This storm blows up. Jesus is leaving them in the midst of the storm for a moment. Don't be even remotely uh, captivated that you think Jesus didn't know a storm was going to be blown up because just recently or earlier you hear his same disciples go, who is this man that the winds and waves obey him? So they understood that he's the creator and the orchestrator and controller of the storm. And so the storm was important for them to have that in their season and so now they get to this place think it's a ghost but realize it's Jesus they get to this place the disciples are in the boat and then Jesus sitting there that Peter says Lord if it's you now don't miss this he says command me to get out of the boat yes was on the table and what did Jesus say come join me out on the water so there's a scenario that the Lord gave me during this season that he anoint, don't miss this man this is so good that the Lord anoints a thing before he anoints a person what do I mean by that? That God is always working ahead of us, and he's got something he's doing, and then he invites us to be a part of it. Did you get that? Because a lot of times we think, well, the Lord's just telling me. He's just, he just, he just do it. No, no, listen, I want you to say something. God is always ahead of you. He's always working ahead of you. He's always anointing a thing ahead of you. Listen, can I tell you something? Before New King Church was ever established, God had already established it before Ben ever got here. He knew you were going to be a part of it. He had been working on your heart to be a part of it. He knew that he had birthed in you this desire to want to be a part of a new thing uh, in, in this area. I've got to be honest, when I first heard the name of the church, I called Ben. I said, Ben, what in the world? New King Church? What are you talking about? And then he told me the name, and I thought, can I be a New King Church too? Because I like it. Discerning the call of God, delivering the call of God, and then doing the call of God. Can I ask you a question? Man, how many of you have been knowing you should get out of the boat a long time, and you've just not done it? What's he asking you to do? What's he speaking to you about? What pressure has he put on you? What thing do you see and you're just reminded of him saying what he said to you? What, what are you doing to listen and position yourself to be used by him? You see, the pressure came, but the second thing I want you to see is that, 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 that Abraham, in this scenario, leaving what is confident, leaving what is comfortable, was hanging on a promise. This promise from God, he knew God had said to him to go. He knew God had promised a promised land. And so now Abraham is sitting here and he is excited because he has a promise. And it's exciting because he's now seeing movement and what God has said to him, what God had shown him. I want you to understand something. Man, we can walk and follow with confidence because God promised, right? He promised us. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll always provide for you. I know what you have need of before you have need of it. And I know where you need to go. I've created you with a purpose. And only you can fulfill what I've called you to, to do. So I can't call your neighbor. i got to call you. And by the way, stop saying I wish and hope God doesn't call me to Africa. I'll go anywhere the Lord wants me to go but Africa. It's wild to me that's our first statement. Even if God really wanted us to go to Africa. I've been to Africa, by the way. It's a great place. You can get your couch and your coffin in the same place right there on the street. It's crazy. I was driving down the road in Africa and Uganda and look over. There's a dude making handmade couches. And two doors down, dude's making handmade coffins. I thought, how convenient is this? I can get my couch and my coffin right here in this same little stretch of street right here. Promise from God. The promise for God. Not only did Abraham, don't miss this, know that God said to go but Abraham knew he would receive what God promised when he went. And so Abraham got to this place where this pressure's on him. I've got to take my family. I've got to, man, I've got to sell things. I've got to get all, my, all this stuff. And he, and he just finally went, okay. 
And he went, and he did. Because he knew God was stretching his faith. God was preparing him for something. Now, Abraham didn't know that God was preparing him in this season to go and in that season to let go. So he said, there's this promise from God. God promised me, and this promise is going to be for good. It's going to be for God's good. And so that promise fueled his faith. You know why I could wake up and call the carpenter before I ever had the money? Because God gave us a building and said he was going to establish something. And in spite of what I had in my hands, I knew what he had placed in my heart. And so I began to walk. I remember that day one of my staff members pulled up and he was getting in the, out of his car and I said, listen, Mark, I want you to know something, man. Uh, there, we've called three carpenters that are coming and we didn't even, this is the first day I got a key to the building. And he gets out and he's like, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, man, God told me to call the carpenter and I did and so these guys came through, gave, I remember the first amount of money that we needed was $20,000 to these offices and paint them. And I told them, I said, listen, we're going to pray for $20,000 and when we get to $20,000, we're going to do it. And that's when the Lord reminded me again, hey, I told you to go before you had it. And so I began to walk in faith and just trust the Lord. And I remember we had our offering coming up, and I said, man, we normally just ask God to, to give us just five or $6,000. We'll use it for some type of um, foreign mission during that time. But this year, I feel like the Lord wants us to trust Him for 20000 And at the offering's end, we took up $36,000 for that Christmas offering. Here's what's really crazy. 20000 for the building, and then another 10000 for this orphan who now is at Teen Challenge, who is going through a lot of mental issues, that she needed $10,000 before she could even get in the door. And God had given it to us before she ever needed to be there because when we follow God and obey what he says he will show up and show out every time is, is anybody getting this today you getting this today you need to get up and get out and start walking by faith listen this church look around you right now look around you there's a lot of empty seats in here you know his responsibility is to try to gather and reach the people it's not Ben Preston it's yours you're the missionaries he's called here it's not just to come and get something and go away fat and act like you got something good and you sang some songs you threw some money to play you're on mission for jesus you are missionaries for the king do you understand your name is new king church that means that you have a king and he has an agenda and you are his followers and as the king commands you are to go and do no matter what he says to go and do come on somebody we should be going man we should be going wherever we work shop live or play then we get to this next big stretch of faith the first big stretch of faith and i've got literally four minutes left to preach this i'm, I'm actually long more long-winded than ben if you can believe that but i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna submit unto not being that way right now and we're gonna get to hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 now abraham in this new season it's not just to go now it's give up how many of you agree that the first one looked like looked like chump change compared to this one you just had a baby right you just had a baby i just like no lord said sacrifice and kill it Please, Lord, don't ask that. But Lord, let me listen. I will give you my house, my car, my job, my shoes, my everything, but don't let me have to give up my precious baby. And the Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Now don't get don't mistake test for temptation. Please don't do that test is for your good temptation is from the enemy to try to stop you from doing good when he tested offered up isaac he received the promise and yet he was offering his only one and only son the one whom it had been said have you ever thought about who said it if it had been said who said it abraham didn't say it sarah didn't say it 
Who said it? God said it. The one that God said would be the very one that all of, he, all of his offspring would be traced through Isaac. So there had been a promise that Isaac was going to be a big deal in the family. Come on, somebody, right? Big deal in the family. Now Abraham's going, have you ever been in a place where the Lord tells you to do something that's a bit confusing? Come on, just be honest with you. It's okay to say the Lord's a bit confusing sometimes because he is. He's God. We're not. And what he asks us to do doesn't always make sense, but it shouldn't always have to make sense for us to do it. A lot of what we do doesn't make sense. Let's just be honest, Americans. A lot of what we do doesn't make a bit of sense. But we do it every day. We do it every day. We do it. Come on, somebody, right? We, we, but then why is it when it comes to God and it doesn't make a little bit of sense, we're like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And God's probably like, well, you did this the other day, and that literally doesn't make any sense and doesn't offer you anything. Can I get an amen in the house? Y'all know what I'm talking about. We like to blame everybody for everything, but the fact of the matter is a lot of times when we're pointing one finger out, we got four pointing back at ourselves. It's like, I, I live in a world where I don't do a lot of things that make sense. Is anybody with me? Amen. So why is it when it comes to what God wants, we're like, oh, I don't know, that makes sense. I, Listen, I'm of the opinion, I've learned now after 30-something years, that the fact of the matter is if it doesn't make sense, it's probably God. It's like, man, listen, boys, I know this doesn't make sense. We're about to jump off this cliff because God said to do it. When we get to the bottom, there's going to be something that's going to catch us, and it's going to bring glory and honor to his name. We're going to see a lot of people come to the Lord. It doesn't make sense, but hey, who's with me? Let's go do the thing that doesn't make sense for Jesus. You look around, it's like three people, and everybody else is like. <laughs> Somebody recently just asked me, I was getting ready to go to Dominican. I went three times to the Dominican during COVID, and they asked me, aren't you afraid to go to Dominican during the COVID with all the stuff that's going on? And I've got to be honest with you, I think the sickness is real, and I think we should be careful. But I don't think we should be afraid because fear is not of the Lord. And so they'd say, aren't you afraid to go to the Dominican? What if you get stuck over there? I said, well, what if I get stuck over there? Let me ask that question. Let me rephrase that question. What if God just wants to keep me over there? Like you're looking in your reality. I'm looking at his reality. And better yet, I'm not really afraid to go to Dominican. I'm actually afraid not to go. <laughs> if I stop going to the nations, then I've not fulfilled the Great Commission. Because it didn't say go into all the world unless something happens and it slows us down and things get scary and people can do that. Listen, at the end of the day, this last time, I almost thought I was going to get stuck there. Like they took me out of line, drug me into the back of the airport in some dark room, shoved something up my nose to make sure I didn't have COVID because I thought I'd had all the paperwork I needed. And we were sitting there thinking we're going to get stuck here in this country. And I literally was going to have to like preach by video for the next 12, 14 days. But I had peace in my heart. Why? Because God said go. And I was being faithful to the promise to know that if he wanted me to stay there for another few weeks, then I'd, I need to be there more than any place in the world. Hey, 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 amen. No, see, that's what I'm talking about, talking back. Listen, no, I'm trying to get your pastor to go there with me, by the way. So can somebody help? Listen, we have 50 orphans, or not orphans, but 50 kids who are in poverty who we help, and we're about to sponsor 50 more. And it's unbelievable work the Lord's doing in the Dominican through the local church. We have a church plant there, and we are positioning the church to reach their community for the gospel like never before. And so I'm talking to Ben about going with me in May, and I'm going to take him over there, and his heart's going to get wrecked for some baby children too. So it's be good. Like my wife and I have two little kids over there. We have four kids outside of our family because my wife, every time she sees a table with some kids on it to sponsor, she thinks she needs to do two. I'm like, honey, but what about the four we have? Oh, no, we need two more. We're not trying to start an orphanage here, baby. We're trying to help, you know. So this, this pressure that we see here 
this time. Can you imagine that day? Abraham tells Isaac, gets him up early, wakes him up. Hey, Isaac, let's get up. Come on. Where are we going, Dad? Come on, son. We've got to go sacrifice to the Lord. Get some of his servants. They get together. They get, the, they, get the, they get the wood. They get the fire. They get the knife. They get all the things they need. They get the rope. And they start out on a journey to a mountain that the Lord would show them. There again, second time, God didn't tell him where he was going. He just told him to go. And then the Lord showed him the mountain. He gets to this place. He tells the servants to stay. Him and Isaac go on. He looks at the servants. You may remember what he says to the servants. You may remember what he says to the servants. He says, we're going to go worship the Lord, and we will we'll return. Because faith speaks it before it believes it. Baptists have this issue with believing that if we say it and really believe God will do it, then we've become uh, a prosperity gospel people. But the Bible tells us all the way along that we should believe before we receive. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, look at it. it. It's the evidence of things not seen, the hope of things that, that, we, that we know God will do. It's like, I believe it before I have it because God, it, it's his will. And so Abraham looks at the servants and says, we'll be back. And the next thing you know, they go off. And on the way up, we see this conversation out between a dad and his son. And a Isaac looks at Abraham and says, Dad, uh, I see the wood. I see the, the fire. I see the, I see the rope. I see the knife. But where is the sacrifice? And what does Abraham say? Does anybody remember? The Lord will provide. And so he gets up there. By the way, that Hebrew word is Yahweh Yara, not Jehovah Jireh, which is what? You may know what that means. Jehovah Jireh is the Lord provides. But Yahweh Yara is the Lord will provide. Different word, same context, but different word. He gets up there, puts Isaac on the altar, straps him down, fire's ready to go, sacrifice to the Lord, raises the knife to kill Isaac, and all of a sudden, meh. The angel says, stop, don't kill him. Go over to the bush. And what they didn't realize is what God was doing in the midst of it. Remember I told you God anoints a thing before he anoints a person? So as they were going up this side of the mountain, there was a ram going up this side of the mountain. And when they got to the mountain, they all landed there at the same exact time. And Abraham unties the rope, takes Isaac off, gets the sacrifice, sacrifices to the Lord, and then names the place. This is Yahweh Yara. The Lord will provide. You know why? Because the lesson that day was not the Lord did provide. The lesson that day was the Lord will provide. The lesson was not that the Lord did provide because then he would just remember that day and go on. But the lesson was the Lord will provide because every day as he went on, he would remember God will provide. You see, the, the, the pressure was this test he had to take. God said surrender. The decision that he had to make. God said sacrifice. And the faith step that he had to take. I will go and do what God asks, even if it means killing Isaac. And the promise was super personal. God said for me to kill my son. It was purposeful. God had a purpose in mind. God was stretching Abraham's faith because the faith he needed in one season was not the faith he needed in the next season, and it would not be the faith he needed in the next seasons. And it was powerful. God is able even though. Even though. Well, that's great. Now what? Does anybody play? Because we have a keyboard player. Can somebody play a keyboard? Is that okay if they do that? Is that right? Wherever she's at, whoever it is, or guitar, keyboard, I don't care. Play a keyboard. You can play something up here. I don't use play whatever you want to play. As long as it's not like rock and roll, you can play whatever you want because it would just fit weird right now. I tell our people all the time, it's always better. Everything's better with music. Watch this, watch this. Hold on. The Lord is, the Lord is powerful, right? Now play something. It's coming. The Lord is powerful, right? It sounds better with music, right? 
How many of you agree it sounds better with music? You know what I'm saying? It's just better with music. Just listen to me, listen, listen, listen to me. I always end every message in Rutland with this, that's great, now what statement? Well, that's great, Pastor, but now what? Well, when it comes to big faith, put that graphic back up there, brother, please, just for a second. Can you? When it comes to big faith, maybe not. Is it dead? Oh, there it is. When it comes to big faith, remember this. The stretching is essential. God says go. God says let go. God says give up. God says follow. God says believe. God says walk. God says... Can I ask you a question? Don't answer it to me. Just answer it. What is God saying to you? If I were to come to you right now and say, tell me what the Lord said to you this week, could you tell me? Because if you couldn't, then it's a, de- it's a direct, honest res- response to you're not hearing him. Which means you're probably not listening to him. You know how many believers I go to and I say, tell me what the Lord is saying to you right now. And they're like, well, um, uh, uh, he loves me. Come on, man, really? When has he not said he doesn't love you, right? I mean, he, he doesn't even have to say he loves you. He showed you he loves you. No, what is God saying to you specifically? What is he speaking to you about? What is he calling you to? What is your place in this body? Maybe you've been, listen, you've been spectating too long. It's time to get up and do something. It's time. I know there are more people in Burlington than this that need the gospel. We need to be out here banging the doors, man. I think we've understood the deception of the enemy. And what, what really is the issue in the world today is the church is asleep. And it needs to wake up. And understand, we are the people of God. What do I mean by that? We are born again, transformed, Holy Spirit, sons and daughters of the King. We ought to be on mission for Him, and we'd be willing to go for Him, and sacrifice for Him, and speak for Him, and stand for Him. Come on, somebody say amen, right? And to live for Him, and to listen to Him, and follow Him, because He is King, or He is not. He's not king because we say he's king. He's king because we do what he says. Oh, if you love me, you'll obey me. And I wonder who he's saying go to today. Or I wonder who he's saying give up today. Some of you have got your tent stakes so deep down in the ground because you said, I'm going to stick them down deep so I can not be blown away when God says I want you to drive them down shallow so you can go when I tell you to. Some of you are sitting here today and he's saying, listen, I need you to give up that thing. Sacrifice that thing for me. You're like, Lord, but that's my most prized possession. I know. That's why I want you to get it out of your life because I want you to understand it will become a God if you don't watch it. And I don't want you to worship anybody but me. You have no other gods before me. I just wonder if your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed for just a couple seconds here. I want to speak to two groups of people. The first group of people I want to speak to are those who actually know, don't know God. Maybe you're coming here today and you've never given your life to Christ. You've never said yes to Jesus. And you're sitting here this morning and your first big step of faith is to surrender your life to Him. And by faith, trust, and turn from your disobedience and rebellion and run to Him. You see, you were born into a rebellious, broken world. And God in His grace and His mercy loved you while you were still a sinner and He sent His Son Jesus to this earth to die on a cross, to be buried in a borrowed tomb, three days later to be raised from the dead and to be established as King. And His desire is for us to turn from our broken disobedience and rebellion and make Him King of our life. And to the best of our ability for the rest of our days, follow Him. 
And I wonder if you're sitting in this room today and you've never made Jesus king of your life. And on the count of three, you just say, Pastor, right here, I want to make Jesus king for the first time. I want to make him king of my life today. That's me. One, two, three. Just put your hand up. I want to make Jesus king today. That's my step of faith. I see that hand. Anybody else? I want to make Jesus king of my life today. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life today. I've never, ever made Jesus king. Today's the day I want to make Jesus king. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. See that hand? Anybody else? I want to make Jesus king of my life today. If you just raised your hand, I want you just to hear me real quick. The Bible says that we have all sinned and come short. What does that mean? That we all are disobedient and rebellious. Not one of us are omitted from it. And that in our disobedience and rebellion, we will be separated from God for eternity until we turn to Jesus. The Bible says if we confess that we are disobedient and rebellious, our sin, that God himself is faithful and he's just to forgive us and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. The Bible says everyone who calls on him will be saved. A new creation, new start, new story. If that's you today and you've never made Jesus king of your life, you've played games, you've thought that coming here made you right with Jesus, but the only person that can make you right with God is Jesus. And today you want to make Jesus king of your life. And you just raised your hand. I want you just to shake your head right now. That's me. I want to make Jesus king. Just let me see it. Shake your head. Jesus. And right now, just in your heart, man, to the Lord, just ask him, dear Jesus, I know I've been disobedient, rebellious. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sin. Sorry, I've wrecked and been disobedient, rebellious. And Lord, I want to turn from that disobedient, disobedience and rebellion. I run to you. And to the best of my ability, to the best of my days, Lord, will you teach me what it looks like to make you king? Put me in the right place, in front of the right people, and I want to learn. I'm yours. I'm yours. Now, if you're here today and you've made that decision, man, I want to encourage you to talk to one of your leaders and just share with them, hey, I made this decision to follow Jesus today. I truly want to be, make him king of my life. Will you help me? Now, the others who are here have made Jesus king of our life. I wonder if there's a, there's a word God's been saying for you to do, a, a, a truth that God's been wanting you to hear. And I wonder if you'd just say right now, Pastor, man, God's been asking me to go, give up something. And I, I just, it's, it's a season where I need to exercise big faith. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I just want you in your heart and say, Lord, I'm here. Whatever you want, however you want it, I'll do it. Lead me. I'm yours. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these brothers and sisters. I pray you'll touch them, put your hand on them, guide them, lead them, direct them, help them, Lord. To the glory of your great name, God, let us just be about your business and follow where you lead. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look, you, look, you come on.